Welcome to the Legendary Upside Podcast. My name is Pat Corain. You can find all of my written content at legendaryupside.com today. I'm joined by Kyle Dvorak of NBC Sports Edge and Chess Liam of Chaos Surfing. Liam Murphy. How's it going, guys? Going good, Pat. Excited for this. Yeah. It's going so good. This is... uh, Sorry, Kyle. As Liam said before, I am, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, BBM champ sandwich. I'm in the middle. Uh, <laughs> as someone who has far less than a million dollars to my name, uh, they put me in between you two guys. And by they, I mean Pat. Because <laughs> there's no... Like, <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no big corporate entity here doing this. Uh, I, I, it's just me. Um, so this is going to be a mailbag pod. It's the first one I've done. A uh, little, little housekeeping off the top here. Uh, if you would like to submit questions uh, for this type of episode in the future, join the Discord. Uh, to join the Discord, you got to join legendaryupside.com. That's the first step. If you're already a member of legendaryupside.com, there's uh, some welcome info uh, on the site, which has the Discord link. The Discord link's also, I've been posting it in the premium pod uh, feed, so you can grab it there. Uh, jump in, hang out, ask some questions. Uh, also, you know, leave a rating and review if you're listening to this. That'd be helpful. It's a new podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Like, do all the things. I'm trying to trying to launch this baby. Um, but yeah, let's. So, got got a bunch of questions here from the Discord. Uh, just kind of want to talk through you guys on this best ball mailbag. I asked I asked for best ball related questions. You guys are a couple best ball sickos like me, so lots of good stuff we can talk about here. Um, and yeah, let's let's kick things off. So, question here from two four offsuit. With all the randomness and chaos in an NFL season, is best ball drafting just vibes? You know, yes. as someone I mean, who has I, one I million dollars, it's all vibes. It's all vibes. I, 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 you know, I've, I'm kind of famous for just saying this, like, just like you know. <laughs> but I would say some people get a little too lost in the sauce, trying to like go back in the data and be like, "This worked for this season," when they're ignoring that the draft landscape changes when they're trying to apply right. strategies of yesteryear to the current year. They'll write whole articles on teams that won. It's like, that's the, just one team, dude. Well, I mean, read, like, read that article on my time, for that time and time again. But I will say that like, you know, no one auto drafting is ever going to win a contest. Right. Like, so in my opinion, like even, even best ball mania four, okay, maybe you could auto draft some stacks, but like, it's, it's you could probably auto draft like a, an unstacked quarterback winning a competition. So like clearly it it can't just be pure random, right? I think you could auto draft high stakes uh, if you just set your preset rules. Uh, well, I mean, people tried and I crushed those people, right? Like, <laughs> I, you know, like that that was like I, oh I damn. Thought we might get a response. Oh, you can. Uh, <laughs> I you think know, they like, can. I, I think come on, come on, auto drafters. No, you, I, I you want them in your. You want them in your draft. Like, for if sure. I can't beat that, what can I beat? You know? No, you, you want them in your draft for sure. But I mean, I think you could do it, right? I think it would, uh, it's probably do not you? the best way to make money at it, but because uh, you'll lose more often than you should to people like Liam, but you could probably do it. But I totally agree that like we're working with so few data sets. I mean, really, we're working with like three, right? BBM one, two, and three, as far as like meaningful sets of data. Uh, we have three years. Uh, and even that, like, I would say Best Ball Mania 3 was way sharper than 1 and 2 to me. Exactly. Like, yeah, totally. And, and, it's like, and I see people... Yeah, would, it's probably the sharpest contest that's ever been done. I would say. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, I see people reference stats from, like, 2010, and I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I don't care about your home league with Ma and Pa that you did and what the ADP was back then. 
Like no one was paying playing for any money. And like Best Ball Mania won, like if we're just talking the first round, one single wide receiver went in the first round of Best Ball Mania one. And and he got hurt. Um, Michael Thomas. In Best Ball Mania four, it's looking like one running back is consistently gonna go in round one, CMC. You know, like maybe, yeah, maybe I think, be- I think up to three. I think Taylor and Bijan. But I think that they're gonna they're gonna be round two players sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, right, and and sometimes like a Garrett Wilson or a Waddle will take that spot. The point is like things change so quick, things are getting sharper, and I mean I think just people overstress themselves a little bit trying to like research what worked and just like take a bird's eye view, try to fit what works for this current year. But I, I don't know, like that's a that's a crazy wide question, right? Like, is it just vibe? Like, well, a, I didn't I, need to get you, get you angry and, and talking about that's that's why I started. <laughs> that's a good way to describe vibes. Though. Like, what are the vibes of this tournament? Like, the vibes of this tournament are that people are really hammering wide receiver, and you need to adjust your vibes to, in essence, counter those vibes. Uh, and, it, and that can't be done with just previous year's data because, like, we don't have data on a year where everyone takes receiver with every pick for the first six picks. So, like, certainly these, like, these studies... Or when you can no longer get T. Higgins in, like, round 20. Like, that was what Best Ball Mania 1 was. T. Higgins went undrafted a large clip, right? Well, so so let me me get another question in here because it's very related to what we're talking about um, from uh, Brilzy in the Discord. How valid do you guys think analyzing past results for best ball is in the sense of trying to use it for projecting the future? It seems like with how much the drafts for these larger contests change over the year, that it would be difficult to draw conclusions from prior contests. So that's like exactly what we're talking about. But like, but I've loved Leone's stuff that he has on Establish a Run, you know, diving into this. I, I think there is value. I've done some of this type of stuff myself. I think there is value. It's just you have to like, you know, caveat, caveat. Because yeah, you have to know where the air bands are. Like you yeah, have yeah. to know how wide the margin for error is. Something like the like like Pat, your uh elite running back stuff, that's gonna be more stable because it's talking about something that we do have data on. We have data on like running backs in the NFL. We have a ton of data on that. That also changes as the NFL evolves, but it's at least more stable and a more robust data set than something like the rate at which people are stacking or drafting wide receivers. So I think as long as you understand. Uh, the context of the data, right? The context that there was one receiver taken in the first round of BBM1 and there's going to be 10 or 11 this year. Understanding that, understanding how that will change how you view said data, as long as you know those error bands, you know how to adjust your thoughts versus the data, it's still very valuable. But I think someone who didn't really, someone who didn't play like BBM1 or two or three, this is their first year getting into it could easily be misled by a lot of uh, the studies. But there's really smart people in, in the space who also explain these things as well. Yeah, I mean, like, if we zoom out, this is a, essentially a single DFS slate that we spend right. seven months talking about, right? Right. So, right. like, in that sense, it's like, yes, of course, we're getting two in the weeds with a lot of this stuff. But, you know, like... What I else believe- am I going to do with my time? Come on. But I believe in like the micro edges, like people, you you know, like Me too. I believe in targeting bad defenses. Some people will laugh at that concept. Like, oh, you can predict how good a defense is going to be 17 weeks out. It's like, I'm going to fucking try, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, like, I think it's easy to glean the wrong things from historical analysis. But like, I remember you, Pat, had an article last year 
where you were breaking down my winning team, which of course, like looking at a single team doesn't tell you anything. But from that, it's like something you glean that I think is actionable is like you notice like, hey, the reason I won was I had Rashad Penny. I had Amon Ross St. Brown. So you were saying that like Jeff Wilson uh, hitting those late round picks it, in like, the playoffs. Ton, yeah, like a ton of people get past round 10 and they're like, well, my team is fit. Just fill in the dots. And it's like, no, these picks matter a lot. Right. Like, and that is something I will believe to the end of time. Like I'm trying they matter, to hard for round 16 as I am round three. They know? matter a lot. And like one of the theories that I've really started to focus in on, and I'll probably end up writing something about this on legendary upside in some capacity is that I really feel like, like it's not this simple, but if we're just going to kind of oversimplify your early picks, let's say your first 13 picks get you to the playoffs. And then the after that, your spike week hunting to advance to the finals or to win the whole thing in week 17. You're looking for guys who are going to spike for you in the playoff weeks. And that's where I think guys like rookies, um, skill position players, not tacking on a third quarterback, like making sure you're loaded up with dudes who have the potential to win you the tournament by either advancing you through week 16 or through week 15 or 16 or doing it in week 17. And that would also go, go to one of the points that you make Liam a lot, which is like drafting guys who aren't always be dra aren't always being drafted. Cause if you have a guy who puts up a spike week and he's your round 17 pick and he's not very, you know, highly drafted in the entire contest, that spike week is going to be absolutely massive for you. So this is something I've been thinking about too, is because like, you you do want to you'd love to get to the the championship round with every one of your players on your roster no one else has i.e. anytime a player blows up those are only points you accrue but the difficulty in that is if you get to that point like you you probably didn't get to that point you can't get to that point with those types of players but there are a lot of options cuz like say you you know oh i'm going to reach in rounds 2 and 3 and 4 uh, and I'll have a super unique team. Like you also have a team that sucks. Like you're probably not getting there, but an easy way to get a really unique team is just to get players in the later rounds who have super wide, as wide as possible, as wide as we can predict like weekly distribution outcomes. Whereas like, yeah, they could suck for like nine weeks of the year. They could really just have like a very pedestrian to below average advance rate, but then they can blow up. This is kind of true of like the, like the super uh, handcuffy type of running backs too. Where like, yeah, you might get, 14 straight useless weeks out of a handcuff running back. Uh, but like you didn't give up that many points because the other 13 round 13th round players, like most of them weren't crushing you anyways, but you can get to the final rounds with these types of players. And those players can legitimately be, you know, 5% owned in the final round in the round before that and absolutely blow up. Like that's the type of profile you want. And it's a much easier or much, you give up way fewer projected points by taking those players in mm -hmm. later rounds to get unique, then you give up projected points by saying like, it's going to be really unique to take T Higgins at the one Oh one. Like you give up so many projected points. Yeah. I think if we got to, if we got to a point straw, where straw man was, much, <laughs> if you I got mean, to like, a, if you I got mean, to a point where ADP was super, super efficient, it would be more prudent to think about balancing. Like how unique do I want to get in the early rounds? But I don't think we're there at the point where like in late rounds, there are still really good players going probably behind where they should because they're the players who can drop 30 burgers in the final round. And maybe they weren't that advanced to get there in the first place. And that's what you want. For, for me, I mean, and like Pat's kind of giving me pushback on this too, is like, you should be doing both. And like, it just makes very intuitive sense to me where, okay, let's say you take DK, like, by current ADPs, 
which I'm assuming people in this, like, you know, in this space know it. Like, if you're listening like, to this on April 13th, yeah. I assume you're <laughs> moderately familiar with best ball. Like, if, if you have a Justin Jefferson team, pretend he goes one on one, you're round two, three guys. The percent of those teams that have DK Metcalf plus Josh Jacobs, Derek, whoever, right, is going to be a lot. And if instead you take, I don't know, T Higgins, like Kyle said, it's like, yes, in a season long perspective, that's probably bad for you unless Jefferson gets hurt. Like there's a lot of outs that can work for you. Um, but for like playoff weeks, it's like maybe T Higgins is the guy you need to advance these combos. And so I think it, it well, here's only- an example. Here's an example from the current landscape in the Superflex drafts. If you take Jalen Hurts with let's say, let's say he falls to you at the 103, and then you have well, no, let's say he let's say you're at two. Sometimes he does fall to the 103, and those people have a better chance of getting A.J. Brown with him. But let's say you take him at two, and you don't get A.J. Brown coming back. In the third round, I kind of, what about reaching for Devontae Smith? Make sure you get that correlation. And then you could also reach for Dallas Goddard a few rounds later, and now you've got a double stack that's probably not going to be that high-owned, even though it's like a sick double stack. Most people are going to have Hurts and A.J. Brown. Yeah, I don't know about Superflex ADP, but to me, the larger the contest, the more you should be doing this at the top. And the only reason it ever becomes bad is because uh, unique stacks that you're getting past ADP, of course, are always better, right? So if you could get a Jefferson Chase start, of course, that's better than forcing a T. Higgins, uh, Metcalf, etc. start, but... The larger I'm, the I'm con- talking about reaching by about 10 picks on both players. So the odds of them coming all the way back to you are pretty low. But you but it's a substantial reach that most people aren't doing. Yeah, and it's just just full full stop. Like one, two turn players are gonna be extremely overlapped. So if you take a mm-hmm. one, two turn at the 101, now you have a unique combo because two, three turn almost never makes it to three, four turn. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and I and okay, you're given a projection. I don't care about the projection. I can hit a Josh Jacobs, a James Conner, a Fournette. Like the way advanced draft work, the best players in the late rounds. You well, idiots. No, the, po- the point. <laughs> this is does sound way, pretty vibes based, actually. The <laughs> way, I mean, I am vibes based, right? Like, I, you know, I believe in drafting in good nature spots, etc. But the point is, the way advanced. Like, I think a lot of people think advancing is like on the minutia. Like, oh, I advanced by it's a lot. Large portion of the time, you advance because you selected the advance rate monster which there are several each year, usually late in rounds. And so like, just hope you have that guy with your unique combo. Boom. You're in the playoffs with uniqueness. Uh, Okay. So that brings up another question. Jake stays online asked, do you have any cure for obsessively drafting Chase Claypool at what my unevolved brain perceives to be a stupid price? I guess stupid low because he seems to be smashing him and general thoughts on having over 40% on players. I mean, I'm pro, of course, taking big stands like this. I mean, are you, it's a, are you pro on taking a stand on Chase Claypool? That no, one? I'm not because <laughs> I mean, he is. We don't even know if he's the wide receiver three. Like, is it going to yeah, be time you can go forty percent on the wide receiver three on the Bears? You got to. Well, oh, is it is it going to be shocking if Velas Jones bumps him somehow? No. I would. I do think so, but I think he could be the fourth pass catcher in the rotation because Cole yeah. Komet is a yeah. Um, so like, yeah. Let, let's not take st- you. You you should take stands, but you should take stands on players you're confident when you look at the round, 
is going to outscore those rounds of players and no one's going to bury you. And Chase Claypool doesn't scream that to me. He screams well, more but he is low free. ownership to touchdowns. <laughs> right, right. No he one's no free, one buried so. him in that round. But I, if oh. you're going to like take a huge stand on a last round player, I guess you could do worse because he is going to – I think he's going to have a starting job. He's an athletic right? freak. He could get traded again. You know, you always got yeah. that out. He's out there in three wide receivers. You love seven. guys who every team passes on having them. They have them yeah. and they say, no, I don't want them. <laughs> oh, God, I, no. Yeah. I saw Ian Harditz tweet out that the Bears need to tweet out on draft day that the with the 32nd overall pick, the Bears select Chase Claypool just for oh, like, that'd be good. the chaos that'd be good. that that would cause. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, amazing. I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't be I jamming would in Chase Claypool. I mean, they like – they. Obviously, they're going to pass more, right? But, like, part of the reason they're going to pass more is because they got Because they're Moore. passed like, to DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I'll are, say. Are they going to pass more to Chase Claypool? I don't know. They they threw 22 passes per game last year. Like, the NFL median was something around, like, 34. The highest team was 45. They passed half as often as the Bucks. That's so few passing attempts. It's not yeah. many at all. Here's what I found in the late rounds is that it's really hard once you once you see it and you're like, no, no, no. I know everything you're saying, guys, but this is going to happen. He is going to smash, so I need to draft him. Once you're there, the only thing that can get you off of that is falling in love again. You're not going to be able to talk mm-hmm. yourself out of it. Find a different player who you who you yeah. start to see that case for. Short-term right? memory. Like, so I don't like, know if this love is... Yeah, find this a new is like love. The, the show you every season he finds a new girl to be like hyper focused on who is he that eventually what that murders. shows about it's he's a serial stalker. Yes, he's a serial stalker. It's exactly what it is, and he ends up killing them almost every season. What? It's all right. Oh my god! Spoilers I, for you. I'm not into that. I'm not sorry. There's, yeah, there's I, I did spoil in the world. I'm not into the murder. Jeez. Yeah, don't kill Chase Claypool when you're no longer interested in drafting him. To be clear, because that would also yeah, be bad yeah. for you. Because you, you know, you have 40%. Uh, but, I mean, Chase Claypool was Gabe Davis to me in Best Ball Mania uh-huh. two. Like I had sixty percent Gabe Davis, right? But it was because why did I have a lot of him? It was because you're a, Bills a fan. Uh, well, <laughs> as a Bills, it was a. I thought the Bills. It made no sense that Josh Allen's weapon, who we just saw go, like people were actually worried that Josh Allen was going to regress. Uh, right. Who. We just saw him throw like 4,000 whatever yards. And it had to do with Emmanuel Sanders being old, Cole Beasley being old, and Gabe Davis being like a touchdown guy. Where I just I don't, I don't see that case with Chase Claypool. Like the case is like a bunch of guys get hurt. Or he guy. just – I mean, it's like why did it take this dude three months and he still didn't <laughs> get a fit last year? You know, like what's going yeah. on? Yeah, Yeah, not ideal. Um, I would say, but yeah, I think 40% find, find someone else. Find someone else you love. That's that's how you do it. What if, Dwayne what McBride, I tweeted out. You could. I I don't think I'd ever go like I, I'm not never. It'd be pretty rare because uh, I would I would think of it this way. One like assuming you can build say Chase Claypool, you can build a lineup with roughly the same expected value with a different player. You would just want to be more diverse as like a measure of not going broke, right? Maybe that's not how people think of it, but like it is mathematically true that your risk of going broke, uh, as that increases, you should be like playing less volume or go the other way is like don't go as much in on Chase Claypool if you're gonna throw 150 teams in and that's your bankroll. You only think about this when you actually think. I mean, the only way you can think about this is actually having a mathematical bankroll. It's called Kelly criterion. It's it's 
the more risky something is, uh, you adjust how much of your bankroll you play. And that also is a measure of the expected value. Like if the expected value is negative, you would just play none of it. So that's how I think of it. Uh, but I don't think most people, this is maybe a good show to think about it because we're all nerds. You're, you're dangering in on uh, elusiveness rating. Yeah, this well, uh, you've lost me at this point, Kyle. I don't know, you know, what's happening? No, no, well, he, that's because he's talking have, about stats terms. I, got, I, I get what he's saying. Uh, that's because you guys have bankrolls that you could play uh, BBM. <laughs> you could play five BBMs a year for the next 50 years and you don't have to think about it. Uh, but like this is like a betting concept of just Kelly criteria and risk of going broke and not going all in on something. Even you're never going to go broke on an 18th round player, though, right? Like you may not. No, win. but you'll go broke if you keep playing BBM and not winning. That's a problem for the rest of us. I see that. But well, I mean, that, that like in theory, none of us should be playing BBM. If if our well if our goal is ROI. <laughs> no, in right? theory, one of us should not be playing BBM. <laughs> <laughs> There was a thing about here. There was a question about what um, what contest structures. Uh, I put, and I put a thread out on like basically how from last year, like the like I just I just sense disappointment from the community, and I mean we should be honest. Like these lottery contests are lotteries in some like yes they're skilled, yeah, yeah. but when you're playing a four hundred thousand person entry contest. You know, you're not winning. Sorry. Full stop. And <laughs> Liam's more, winning, you idiots. You're not winning. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I'm not winning, but like, <laughs> no, no, look, no, look I... of course, winners occur. But uh, if you're investing like $1,000 in best ball this year, I think you're doing yourself a disservice doing 40 best ball mania four entries and not taking half of that bankroll and doing a higher stakes, smaller field tournament. Where or just firing a ton at the like well, five, well hang on eight, 10 unless you want entertainment unless entertainment is the max goal and just having oh, a yeah. max amount of teams which that's fine too but like the vibe I got is people are like I advanced a lot I'm going to get money and then they're like oh, I yeah twenty yeah explain that because it, it's counterintuitive right you're saying like because if you put a bunch of your bankroll into one team you're going to get that zero team doesn't advance you're going to get zero a lot but I yeah. guess the point is. The times you don't get zero, your odds of getting something meaningful are much higher than if much. you know the times you get you don't get zero in best ball mania, you're still likely losing money that year because it's like you lose money, you lose money, you lose money, and then maybe the min caches you win a bunch your, of money. You, yeah, you the, need the min caches the aren't what gets you and, going, and you like, need to get like top ten percent of the finals usually to make money right, on a best ball right. mania year. You need to take but it another all thing down, that would be yeah. another thing that would be really good to reduce those swings and not have like I mean you'll play every year for the rest of your life if you just max BBM and you'll never win like we do happen to have two winners on here but m for most people like Liam said for most people it's just too large mathematically you'll never win is and I think we'll get more of these is like the palms are like five or ten k uh five or ten k entries or whatever and I think I think underdog smart I think they know that people well, I mean underdog this, like, really. I'm not a fan of how they structure high stakes, but if your goal is is ROI on investment, it's pretty lenient for the higher stakes stuff. Like they have a 250 last year at least, where instead of top two advance out of 12, it's top four advance. And now you're already you've already profited. You're like a $300 min cash. Uh, you don't get a lot for reaching the finals. It's like a thousand. But if you read if you win the finals, which you have to face a lot more teams than like the way DK does it, 
DK's uh, like really small, right? Like in some of well, the DK, yeah. And I think like I think if you're shot taking to me, that is more favorable for someone doing one or two entries because you're not going to be facing me with 30 final teams in the big dog, which I think would turn me off as a consumer where it's like, oh God, I got to beat Peter Jennings, like 50 teams, Liam's 50 team, whatever. But like when the finals is huge out of high stakes, that really benefits the people who are going to max it as far as like right. having a lot of teams there, in my opinion. Whereas like, no, no matter what, if it's harsh advance rates, which the DK 555 was two out of 12, then one out of six, then one out of five, 11 person final. It's like, hey, you get one to the finals. It's like, why not me? You know, one in 11 chance at worst, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I, that was, re that's really appealing. Like, even some of the DK stuff that's like $25, the same as Best Ball Mania, it's smaller contests. It's like 50K up top. You know, it's not going to be nearly the, the really high end payout, but if you're talking about a 20 man field or something, once you make that final round. So, your, your odds of taking down a 20 man field, obviously much, much higher than 470. And it's probably gonna be bigger than 470. This you don't even need to be stacked for a 20 person field, right? Like the, the, the DK not, yeah. 2K was a three person final. You know, it's like, you want a cash team. You wow. want the highest projected players, no matter correlation almost doesn't matter. Correlation like wouldn't matter at all in a head to head, probably hardly matters at all in a three man field. Like truly, you wouldn't care if it was stacked uh, in the final. You probably want it to get through like your 12. Well, it, and it, but it's like, it's a, it's, it's funny because that, that's how I felt most people were approaching it. And so I was saying, you know what? I know it doesn't matter, but I'm going to keep doing it because, A, I don't want to get out. A, I think I'm, like, the only one doing this. So, sure. like, that's going to be – And, like – And, and stacking. It, I mean, people stack in their cash line. Micro edge. Like, I, mm -hmm. I still believe in the theory of it. So, it's like if everyone's saying, hey, stacking doesn't matter in these small finals fields and I'm the only one fucking doing it, like, I'm getting different from people, you know? Right. And if your quarterback goes off and you have a stacking partner like that, well, not not a lot. not. I, I'm in game stacking. Like I, I game oh, stacked oh, oh. in these tournaments with small finals fields. Even then, I mean, as long as like, it's like not fifteen out of head to head every stage, correlation would matter. Uh, I didn't hear either of what you just said. Sorry, go, go ahead, Kyle. No, I was going to say as long as it's not a head to head at every single stage of the event having correlation will boost your odds of getting uh, like high-end outcomes, which matter, right? So it still would matter. It just decreases the more you're looking towards like playing closer to cash games. All right. Any So here's a question from I was inverted. What changes would you like to see for contest structures or contest offerings? So this is kind of what we're already talking about, but like, yeah. do you want to see? Well, Liam, this is back about to the like, question on like the, like people were mad about playoff structures in general, right? Would what? would you if you had if you were in charge of underdog would Best Ball Mania four also pay out two million and it would be bigger but there'd just be more money throughout? It'd be two and a half million first off. Two and a half. Um, and okay. yeah, you got. Go uh, we just keep it at two. What if we just keep it at two? Two point one. <laughs> uh, no, but I really believe it's important <laughs> that the flagship contests are playoff like our playoff contests with as opposed to drafters, which has total points like if you want so you that, don't like the regular season prize thing at all and I, and i and the reason is because when you think of the person in the casual home league who's drafted with 12 of their buddies they can relate to the idea of the playoffs that they they know that concept win the quarterfinals win the semifinals get to the finals try to win something it's not that different but when you start doing all this other minutia and like you know from a business perspective of course time and app 
No one's spending time on the drafters app come week 15 when they're not mm-hmm. going to win the contest. Everyone's looking at their contest in the playoff weeks from a consumer perspective. Like if you have, if you have a single playoff team, you are live to win $2 million. Like that's exciting. That's what, that's why we do this. Like we're there yeah. to dream. Yeah. So I yeah. would not dream like people complaining about the structure of best ball mania four is like, go choose better contests for what you want. That's your fault. Totally, totally Stop agree. Pitching. Sorry. So, yep. No, uh, I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Like there are contests you can play, like wait till the next palm drops. That's a very, like, it's a better pay. It's not 400,000 entries, right? So it's naturally a better payout structure, but also like one, it's a better edge for us to have more extreme payout structures because we're going to be able to better optimize for like 1.001% outcome than the field is like, that's why tournaments are beatable, right? Is because the field doesn't understand how important first place versus even second is like that gap is so massive in third and fourth by 10th. You're getting right doing little, doing little things that people are like, why would you ever do that? And it's because you're playing for that extra, extra little slice of upside. Why do you care? They play the Titans week 15. Yeah. Right. So not only a run funnel, I can't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not only can we get like a bigger edge from having really uh, brutal payout structures, but also like Liam said, like we want, we want this to grow and we want casuals in these contests. Like we want these, like the reason we can have a 10 million overall prize pool is because a lot of people who just like drafting and really don't care about strategy think the idea of winning 2 million is fun. And like, that is important for the ecosystem as it grows, maybe as it gets like to a perfect equilibrium where no one is uh, entering anymore, which would be way down the road, sort of like where DraftKings at. Maybe at that point, I would consider asking for not as harsh payout structures, but totally, I'm not even, we're not. Yeah, we're the not site close. will just up the rate then like poker and just make it hard mm-hmm. to beat, you know, like that's what that's, you see this in online poker. They just like up the rate to try to push out pros. You know, but like I, the the time horizon in best ball compared to poker is so long that Mm -hmm. I think it's safe. And like from a company perspective, it's mostly customer acquisition. It's not like they're, so they're kind of like giving us these best ball tournaments as like, here you go. Like, here's a good consumer experience. And then they want people to sports bet or whatever. In my opinion. Barker118 asks uh, predictions for size slash pool of BBM4 and other tournaments. Let's just stick to BBM4 predictions. Top prize and size of the final round. That's what I want predictions on from you guys. Uh, 600-person finals, 2.5. Or maybe maybe the same. Maybe they'll keep it the same and they'll throw 500K up top. Like, take away the min cash. I don't know. Didn't they do? Didn't they do for? Was it BBM one or two? They did one million one dollars, right? It was technically one million one. Yes, I, I'm gonna say I, I was the biggest best ball tournament winner of all time for a year. <laughs> I'm gonna say they do two. I'm gonna say two million one with a, a slightly flatter payout structure, maybe a better prize to uh, or like better prizes to the regular season finishes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say two million one uh, with a similar size, and they probably get to do more contests as that fills later in the year what they've said they've been they've been on record of saying it best ball mania three is close to as big as they can do so we know we know we're not getting like a 10 mil to first ever pretty much um and they've said that they are a fan of flattening payout structures which makes sense from a company perspective where you want more money in more people's hands it's just good for the ecosystem. They're more likely to put it back on whatever. Um, and so I don't know. 
and they and they've also said that the one mil to first last year was because they literally didn't have the capability to pay out more than that. So I'm assuming that's going to go to like top 100, 10k, something like that. Um, which that's that's good. And I I'm hopeful it's 2.5 mil, but it'll probably be like two point. Yeah, I, two million and one is a safe bet. I would say they do but, two million and one. And I, and and you don't have to change the final size then, like four seventy finals or whatever it was four sixty. Because I don't. I'm, know. I'm saying they go three. We saw we saw two hundred thousand to the big board, and then what was the second prize like fifty k? I I don't yeah. buy this. I think they're trying to get that headline number up. So I'm going to say three three mil the first. And when and do say, we reach? And I'll five. say seven hundred in the final round. Do do you think we'll reach five million within five years? They could. I don't know if they'll yeah. ever choose to push it to five. But yeah, they could. It's do you just think we'll reach choice. ten mil in our lifetime? No, I don't think there's any like mm. like uh, you know the reason DraftKings stops at one million and doesn't go to one point two million is like the marketing value of one million is really good. The marketing value of one point two million is probably no different. I mean, it's probably well, almost DraftKings is different too because it's like they need to prepare for the future slates whereas underdog kind of doesn't like everyone who's playing is a, is not a professional everyone's supplying their money with their job so it's like unlike DraftKings where if you do a 10 million dollar one week people literally will not have the money if they right. like overgo to the entrance to like in the future right. weeks they have so other like, slates they have to worry about yeah exactly slate. like yeah like, so it's not always about maximizing a single slate in my opinion for dfs versus best ball where it's like Hey, I lost last year. Whatever. Check up the variance. New year. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I don't think that 10 million will happen because to your point on like the customer acquisition stuff, it's like by the time 10 million would be plausible, is that something that even makes sense for them to do? I, to I don't know. Money? What's inflation going to do? Is 10 million even a lot in that's, 10 years? That's a, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we're. I hate that that's smaller. a point that I'm like, oh, that's kind of a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's. Here, this kind of goes to what we were just talking about. Bates asked, "How do you guys see best ball growing as an industry, and can it scale to be offered as a flagship slash premium product?" I'm not well, sure I understand that last part, but well, the predictions first, the on first how part, this industry grows. As someone who chugs away at content for like next to no monetary gain, I think I've made 150 dollars on YouTube over the past year on like <laughs> north of 100 videos. I like to think that like we are the ground like if we you know i grew up playing watching poker on the spn you would see the daniel negranos the phil helmuth of the world like in some sense i like to think of best ball like that like we are at the beginning right now and it's it's hard to realize that when it's happening but it's like there's a lot of parallels to poker i don't think it's quite like dfs where i feel like it's more content friendly best ball such as poker is where like people can just watch it because people like to watch drafts. No one like you may like, and it's the same person. content. It's the same pool of players for months. So there's like, and it's a draft. Of, it, it's not yeah. like building salary lineups, which is like not the, the yeah. like dopamine thing of like drafting players. Right. Right. So right. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's as close to DFS as it is to poker in that sense. And it's like, I don't know. in 10 years from now, like, it could be it could be huge like and i i think it's just more and more word of mouth casual people are going to be in the best ball streets which is good for best ball and ex and exciting here's one thing i think is that i think dynasty is in trouble 
I think if you're like Who would be hardcore, yeah. yeah. If you're hard, I mean, I used to be me, like, because that used to be if you're hardcore, right? It's like, you know what I do? I never stop thinking about fantasy football. I'm thinking about the rookies right now. I'm, I'm thinking about I've trades. noticed this too. I'm right? trying to win my $25. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing high stakes. This league cost me $350 to enter. I could win up to like 2K this year. You know, like that's that used to be more of a, an exciting thing. Now I feel like if you're super deep into the rookie stuff, why aren't you just playing best ball? There's literally best ball tournaments, you know, that because you don't know closed. what best ball is yet is like the only right. Yep. The right. excuse. I so one I, thing so I, I think did... that's where it's it's gonna soak up that. Where are our dra- I... where are our drafting style commercials for Pat and I? By the way, enough of Josh Norris. Enough of this. Get me <laughs> on the fucking TV. I don't have a ring yet. I don't know. Did you? I don't know how I gotta that's walk over to East Williamsburg and get a ring. So one thing I, I, I did think about, I don't know if this is what they meant, the question asker meant by, can it be a flagship product? Like how much money do you think, like how many raw dollars do you think people put into best ball contest in a year? BBM was, or was what, like 11 million, like quadruple that, 5X that is 50 million. The rake on it is 15%. They made like a okay. few million dollars in rake on best ball this year, past year, probably. That's not a lot for a big company with like a lot of employees. So no, I but do they, think, but it it plays into pickums, etc. Like people no, that, but that's what, what I'm getting at is yeah. they also really do need and want to funnel you to somewhat of the the weekly or nightly, you know, the, yeah, the weekly nightly stuff best ball too. stuff. But it's probably pickums more than anything that they want. Like they probably are really excited to be a casino adjacent place or sports betting, not not casino, uh, sports betting adjacent business in the long term. Because even as we get to these like 12, 15 million prize pool uh, uh, best ball flagship type of tournaments, they're making a few million bucks on that. Like, don't they have an office in New York? That's expensive. <laughs> like, but how bad did DraftKings fumble the bag? Like, they oh. looked at best ball and they were like, whatever, who cares? And well, I mean, underdog, to them, think about it though. To them, well, FanDuel like, fumbled the bag. FanDuel had this company in their company. Yeah, well, whatever. But like, underdog has really good customer service, has a really mm-hmm. good product. So like that's it. And like, who cares the ends to the means? It's like, I don't have to do a pick them, right? No. Like, yeah. I don't think it's a problem. I'm just thinking like thinking from the business perspective and from like DK, when I'm saying like underdog pulled in like six, 7 million in rake this past year, like dude, underdog or DK makes that on like no one MLB slate. They just don't care. And I think and the, but, MLB slate, they want to make that in slots online. Like, but they'll there's make that been today. some rumors that DK is going to focus more on their best ball because they're probably finally realizing like, oh, fuck, we have a competitor in underdog. Right. Like they have literally allowed a competitor to grow here because they were lazy addressing best ball. And um, I forgot what else I was going to say. It was going to be smart, but. <laughs> I don't think they care about best ball. I, I, I think best ball is a drop in the bucket. And like the best thing it does is get oh. people into DFS to get people into the casino. Like I think people they just don't care. I think people are setting aside more of their bankroll for best ball over DFS. Well, I think they, so they also don't care yeah. about DFS. They want you to, like, I plan to do that for the weekly betting. contest a little bit more as well. Like, um, I, I, I just think a lot of people are like, fuck, I get killed in DFS. Best ball is like people I know have won and it's more enjoyable and it's like you, you can still scratch your degen tingles on the couch looking at your best ball lineups while you watch football you know like right or you can scale back your action They're not that forward. fun to sweat early in the year but you can do weekly stuff and you can do you've got you know you 
I, I think you can also scale back DFS. That's that's what I, I'm thinking I might do is like scale back my DFS, but still play DFS. So I'm going to have yeah, a sweat Yeah, I mean, you throw a lineup in the Millie Maker each week, whatever, get your I'm still going to do small field stuff, but maybe more like the Spy or something. So it's like I have to enter less and then I, I still have sure, that. Is, that is the Millie Maker to you, Pat, the <laughs> $100 Spy. The second spy, not the first one. It's a better contest, Liam. You you have an actual small, small chance of winning instead of infinitesimally (laughs) small with a single entry. Um, All right, let's let's talk. Let's do a little player stuff. Um, Question here from Boss Meg: What are your thoughts on Aaron Jones and Pacheco? Typically going towards the end of the sixth round on underdog. Kyle, you and I were talking about player rankings and stuff, and seemed like maybe you weren't that into Aaron Jones. Uh, you mentioned enjoying drafting Najee Harris ahead of him, which made me vomit in my mouth. Uh, so what's your deal? Why don't you like Aaron Jones? Packers are going to suck, man. They are going to be a terrible team. And I think like like we look at Najee and we're like, the only reason we care about him is because uh, he play, he when when we care about him, he plays all the snaps, gets a bunch of targets, gets a bunch of carries. He's not particularly good with any of them, but like that's how a player with a bad offensive line, who himself, he's not like particularly special at anything at all, putting it lightly, to be fair. Uh, but he's bad offensive line, bad offense, not a player who makes stuff on his own. That's how he succeeds is by getting every single touch, every single snap. Uh, and I, I think Aaron Jones is significantly better as a player than him. But I, I also can't come in here and be like, yeah, running backs don't matter. But Aaron Jones, he he matters a lot. So if I, I think the Packers back offense, in the league. If I think the Packers offense is going to be terrible, I think he has competition for touches. Uh, I'm not going to be overly excited. I'm not extremely down on him because like, he is good, but like I am of the belief that a good running back can only control so much of the outcome on any individual play. And that is not true of quarterbacks, right? Quarterbacks have so much more uh, dominance over the outcomes of stuff. That's why quarterbacks are drafted early and running backs. We're talking about a like generational people throw that word around generational Bijan probably going to go in the first round, right? He's going to go twenties. Maybe, you know, maybe some team jumps up to him, but like legit people think he's probably going to go in the twenties, right? He is like an incredibly good running back prospect. And that's how little the NFL values, which would be absurd for B. I don't think he'll go top 10 anymore. Like, but that's what we're talking about. I I don't either, but in 2004, Bijan goes one Oh one in, in the NFL draft, right? In 2023, he could go twenties. Right. And so I wouldn't go one Oh one, but I do like, yeah, it's He'd, he'd go, go 104 probably. after the I mean, we go had, um, yeah, he'd go 104. Like, what we had, there were really... The uh, call to be able to trade down, and someone would trade up and take Bijan. But, I like, mean, my take on Saquon, Pacheco, wasn't Saquon four? I think he was two. He, he, no, he was two. Was he was two. the Browns draft, because the Browns, I think, took Miles Garrett that year, and real people wanted, thought it was best for them to take Saquon. And they were not that far off from what actually happened, right? So, like... Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he sorry, went too. I just confirmed. <sighs> My take on Pacheco and Aaron Jones is that this uh, group of players is the running back dead zone of yesteryear. Yeah, where it's just later. Yeah, some of these running backs are going to do very good. Some of them are going to do very bad. Like Pacheco, there's cases where he runs for I don't know, ten to fifteen touchdowns because Pat Mahomes doesn't throw as much and Kelsey gets hurt. There are cases where he's a seventh round pick and literally we don't even remember this guy's name at the end of the season with Aaron Jones. It's a little bit more offense concerns. Um, And I actually did like what I saw from Jordan love in that one 
bit of action <laughs> yeah, last year. Like it, now, keep in mind it was like throw a slant to Christian Watson, and Watson just yeah, yeah, like yeah. ran down the field. I know the throw you're talking about. There's a specific. Throw it looked good. It. it looked good, man. And so it's like uh, we're not allowed to judge Trey Lance for anything he's done in the NFL, but Jordan Love, we're allowed to be like, I don't no, know, but man. I'm I'm judging Trey Lance too. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm uh I'm still in on Trey Lance. Like I'm not gonna be out on him. But anyways, like Pacheco and Aaron Jones, I don't plan to load up on these guys, but it's not gonna be really surprising if any of the running backs in these tier, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Pacheco, Cam Akers, uh Nacho Mixon, because I, as I told you guys, yeah, you, you were right on that one. He's not he's not playing in the NFL. I retweeted uh, your victory lap. <laughs> even even though it was at my expense. It was I very, was about to agree with you. I was literally the clip is me being like, "All right, that's a good point." Like I've changed my no, mind. No, no, I cut out the part where I cut out the part where like it's mixing, it's mixing, it's mixing. <laughs> well, you did. That's true. You cut that part <laughs> off too, so I appreciate it. <laughs> and I was just like, "Okay, we're running out of clock." So all it's, right, Pat, it's you mixing. dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, even if if mixing is cleared, it, it, like it's not going to be shocking if he crushes it too. Like any of these run and yeah. like. Mm-hmm. So I don't really well, know. What do you think about like you? You say this is the dead zone from yesteryear. I agree with that, but the price is different, you know. And so like last year, Chase Edmonds was a part of this dead zone, awful, awful bust. But so was Josh Jacobs, and the fact that he hit in like the sixth, seventh, sometimes eighth, if you were in a ship chasing draft, like that hit was a lot more powerful, you know, because he did he didn't have like the most impactful running back season ever. It was a very good season. Because the opportunity but cost is lower. Because the opportunity cost. Yeah. yeah. It was so, so it's, much it's lower than bigger. we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. The dead zone has never been about these players suck. They can't score points. It's been like they are overpriced by a very easily measured amount. Right. I mean, but this is right. still one well, of the other way. So where is where is fair value on these guys? It, it's so, still I mean, one of the last wide receivers you're hopeful for go to. Like these are yeah. if you want the Traylon Burks, the Gabe Davis tier, after this, it's like uh George Pickens and gang. You know, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, and after yeah. that, it's like, oh, shit, who's looking me in the face it's right over. now? Juju. Isaiah Hodgins, Myers, the team, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So it is like, I don't know, some some drafts I'll load up on wideouts and I'll just hit this range hard. Some drafts I'll get two running backs to start and I'll just start backfilling my wideouts. And um, I haven't just, I haven't, there's still a lot of uncertainty as it sits today with a lot of these players. Like, I don't know if Dalvin Cook's a Viking. I don't know if the Chiefs draft Bijan at the end of the draft. Like that's not out of the question. Um, So I don't have I don't have strong player takes on any of these running backs in this round yet. But I but like Aaron Jones is like AJ Dillon didn't go away. That to me and like this is a that archetype of guy freak athlete who who scores in the red zone. It's like what's it going to take from Aaron Jones? He's got a he's got to like house a lot of like twenty yard rushing touchdowns or something or just kind of rack up stuff underneath and you know but like be like Dylan's James Connor, a lot of those touchdowns. like Pacheco versus Aaron Jones feels like a different bet to me a little bit okay right now. I agree one thing I would say is like this the fact that the dead zone has basically like drifted down you know a couple rounds I think actually puts early running back drafters in a bit of a pickle because it's like before you know, if you were, if all these running backs are getting snapped up, then if you were drafting wide receivers early, when you go to draft running back, 
you have the tier behind this, which is an even more, you know, there's like real job security issues, like early season production issues. And yeah, you get hits from that group, but it's like kind of more difficult to imagine, you know, a Josh Jacobs style, style guy where it's just like he's the guy from week one and is a workhorse. Like that is possible with some of these guys, like a mix in if he were to stick around or Cam Akers. Galvin Cook. Galvin Cook. Like that's possible. Cam and, Akers, like, I don't know. I'm kind of bullet. I'm kind of like bullish on yeah, Cam Akers. I, I don't mind it. I don't love it. I would never take mm-hmm. him in the fifth round, but like if he's no. in the seventh or eighth or whatever, I mean, it's kind of like, okay. But I think that puts you, if you don't have enough wide receiver firepower to where then taking that Cam Akers in the seventh kind of hurts you because you've already committed too much to running back, like you're at a real disadvantage because the wide receiver guy can come along and scoop him up. So yeah, it's like, what 2v2 do you want? Do you want like Tyreek Hill plus Waddle plus Dalvin Cook and Pacheco? Or do you want CMC and Josh Jacobs plus Traylon Burks and Deontay Johnson or something like that? Right, right. Those All are right, like Traylon Burks and Upthor. I'm somewhat, on our I'm somewhat in- <laughs> But like the, the gap between the running backs feels smaller than the gap between the wideouts is, is my, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right. Are you willing? This is from Jake Stays Online. This is about the kind of the quarterback ADP, which has been pretty interesting this year. It's not super flex related. This was, uh, I believe, related to kind of the early quarterback ADP in the big board. Presumably, Best Ball Mania will start out with somewhat similar early quarterback ADP. Are you willing to take slash what do you think about the top three quarterbacks going in the mid to late second round of underdog, dog, underdog drafts so far? I think people forget that Best Ball Mania 1 had Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson as quasi-first-round picks. So, like, this is not the first time we've seen this. It was um, it was the year after Mahomes, you know, uh, Lamar won MVP, and Mahomes was just like, okay, he's the guy. And both of them, I think Mahomes got hurt that – I mean, uh, Lamar got hurt that year, and Mahomes – had a whatever. So both of them got crushed because you could get like Josh Allen in like the ninth round that year after Matt Ryan and gang. Right. Um, right. And so I personally, this is where I try to like listen to content. And if like people like Pat and Pete and whoever are telling me like, you can't take these elite quarterbacks. I'm going to be like, okay, hopefully the sharp people are out. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I can advance these guys anyways. And I want these elite guys. So you listen to us to then do what, the opposite of what we say. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying it's to literally kind of smart. like, like yeah. if it's only like the casual crowd who's like Pat Mahomes, I'm like, uh-huh. all right, it's me, it's me versus them for like when we get to these playoffs, right? So that makes. I sense. will say though, like, there's a lot of late round guys to like this year. There are. You know, Anthony, I, Anthony Richardson. Tra- like, there are guys who could match elite seasons late in drafts, but. I don't I don't know. I'm always gonna take elite guys, especially if it's stacked. Like I'm never taking a naked Pat Mahomes and being like, let's roll. But like I'll I'll roll naked hurt Allen and just be like, I can outdraft you guys in the later picks. And I know these guys are likely gonna give me 30 to 40 point games a lot like a large portion of the time. That can't be matched. Yeah, I if think you're it, rolling it, out naked Mahomes, you are committed to a naked quarterback because <laughs> there are many options later yeah. in the draft for you. I think it probably is a measure of what Liam was saying is like, how confident are you that you can get big games from the, you know, six, seventh, whatever, pick around that round onward. 
uh, because last year you just could not. There was like two quarter, like Fields, uh, Fields, Fields was a Gino big Smith, one. Jared Goff combined, like Fields was, was the big one, and after Jared that, Goff, Gino Smith, but people weren't drafting Geno. Yeah, exactly. People weren't even drafting Gino, but those guys gave you like a combined four 25 point games. Like they had good years, but it's because they had like they were good points per game kind of guys. They didn't actually blow up that many times. Like I looked this last year. You could not. There was just no way other than Fields. He was like the end of elite quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, a little bit in the playoffs. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, you, know? you just couldn't get elite quarterback production from rounds like it was something like 14 or whatever. There was no one like it was two good games from Jared Goff and two good games from Geno Smith. And I don't even know if those came in the weeks that matter. We obviously 17. Uh, if you think this year that like, oh, Richardson's going to start quickly. And I mean, if he starts, I do think he'll like blow up a few weeks at least. If you think that like you can get those guys in the later rounds, then yeah. But last year that dynamic Stafford, was just not it won't true. be shocking if Stafford like rekindles two years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think Cup. Stafford's kind of a, a really I mean, we're taking cup like at the one of the other rookie one of three. You know, like there's some quarterbacks that could definitely match, but like for me, I'll be min eight percent Hertz and Allen. I'm more comfortable fading Mahomes, and it really kind of depends how many Kelsey teams I draft, I guess. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have not enjoyed the second round ADP on those guys. And I guess it's tough though, because like, are the casuals going to come in in August and drop those ADPs or are they going to be I like, don't they're the, <laughs> the best quarterback I'm drafting too, is like the, they will drop to the third round sometime in the dead, in the dead, zet, like dead point of the summer, like June, July, I think. Right. Or maybe I kind of think they'll, they just feel like they should be third round picks to me. So I'm like, maybe they'll drop there at some point and I can hammer them which is a thing that I love doing. Like, you know, I didn't take a ton of Camara last year when he was in the second. I drafted him a ton when he's in the late third. And then, you know, his price rose back up. You know, but the point I is love like, being able to do that. The, the, the third round right now is a bunch of running backs where none of us are confident who we should be taking. And so when you don't have those players who you're like, this is a clear best pick here, why not just roll with the quarterback? Because it's the easier decision. It's like, whatever. I know Jalen Hurts is going to be elite. I don't know if it's Derrick Henry. I don't know if it's Josh Jacobs. I don't know if it's <clears throat> Tony Ken Walker, Pollard. Tony Pollard, Ramondre, whoever, you know? I think, I wonder if Ramondre and Pollard maybe move up after the draft if they don't take Bijan. Because I think that there's oh, they, some they like Bijan risk. They'll move up, yeah. Depends how Spe- anchored people are. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Bijan, Nez asked, game theory question regarding Bijan. Are you hoping for a perceived good or bad landing spot? I'm hoping for bad. I I always say I don't care what offense. Like, I want the mid to bad offense for my running backs. Whereas, yep. like, a wide out, I want an elite quarterback. I do not want Bijan to the Bills. I do not want him competing with Josh Allen for touchdowns. Um, I want him on the Lions or somewhere where it's like, or I don't know, what's a bad he landing would- spot for Bijan? I do not. Well, I think it's like that's that's terrible. Like, no, that, I think I think Ramondre is a really good backup running back if he goes to the Patriots. No, that's a scary. That's like it's a little scary, but not that scary. He's better than Ramondre. Well, Ramondre would play on third down probably and get yeah. like all the pass game work. I don't know that he even play on. He's just a pretty good pass catcher. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like I, I don't want terrible, but I want bad. Which I don't like, want the Bears. 
The Bears is like, is he even going to catch passes? The Ravens is like, is he even going to catch passes? Like, Those like the Commanders really is scary. a perfect spot. Assuming Commanders is ideal. It's assuming ideal. Yeah, what's, don't have like it's really just like, that. it's really just what's the biggest delta by what his value should be versus what his value will be, right? We want him, honestly, I'd be fine if he was the most overpriced player. Like, I want players to be mispriced. So maybe he goes huh. to a good spot. Like, yeah, that's I don't a good care. point. I don't want, I have no desire to draft Bijan. I have desire to draft winning teams, right? I don't, I don't care if I take Bijan or whoever. So, like, <laughs> come on, Kyle, you nerd. You got to have some fun here. I want to yeah, draft Bijan. He's fuck, awesome. Kyle. Oh, no, I don't God. Care. I truly could not. <laughs> Bijan is not CD8. Not Stop saying that, Kyle. The worst take. I don't care who I take. I want to draft a winner. <laughs> Kyle was so, like, oh. Literally, <laughs> whatever makes him the largest Watch delta hype tape, between kid. Come on now. Yeah, man. You're too deep in the spreadsheets. You get some help. Uh, this is what spreadsheet socialism looks like. If you don't like it, get off the ship. <laughs> I think I'm off. I'm going to turn into a tape guy now. Uh, all right. Let, let's just re- top three spots for Bijan. Top three worst spots for Bijan. What do you got? What are you guys like? Take? In terms of how many fantasy, fantasy points, points. He'll score, fantasy okay. points he's going to score. Top three, Kyle. What's your top three best spots? I think lines would be a really good one. They fit the mold of like good line, totally fine with running the ball a lot. Uh, if if Swift out game, of there too, like Swift dude, out he'll, of there, he'll, no, Swift he'll, is just done. Swift gets he will push Swift out of there. It's over. Yeah. Um, okay. Swift, Swift cut. Yeah. What else? Um, Vikings. I would put maybe Vikings is my number oh, one. That's a good one. It's my number one. Vikings with Dalvin Cook out of town probably yeah. hurts Hawkinson. What what, what do you got for third? Bengals might be a good one. I feel like if the like the Bengals are generally sort of Bengals, but we talk about the teams that like oh will they actually run the ball like like the Chiefs like I don't care if I mean, they literally took a first round running back and they're like Zach Taylor care. I believe in Zach Taylor if you need him but to, I, to I that's the ball what I was going to say the Bengals are not in that territory the Bengals are if they draft first round running back they'll use that guy and so. Mahomes like throws abnormally close to the line the to the end zone like he like leads the league and like. Like throws within in goofball underhand passes at the one yard. Exactly. Oh, this is, like this is like tried that. and true. I mean, this is how Aaron Rodgers won back to back MVPs. You pass at the goal line. You're trying yeah. to win MVP again. Is like I, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I have one MVP. We're we're passing when we get in close. Pat, it's what a, are your what are your three worst spots for fantasy points for Bijan? Bears, Ravens, uh, Ravens without Lamar. I mean, Ravens, like, Ravens with Lamar. no Ravens with Lamar. Yeah, I think Ravens with Ravens with Lamar. Ravens with Lamar. Yeah, because I because because Bijan's not like a Camara level receiving prospect or a CMC level receiving prospect. He's very good, but he's more like Saquon. Like he's going to be Greg like Roman out of town. Like they could pass a little bit more. Well, Ravens. that would be fine. I'm just worried that he wouldn't like. I just don't think Lamar's going to throw to his running back. A lot. So then, so then Eagles, Eagles and Bills are in the mix too. Is Eagles would probably be the third worst. Yeah, Eagles, Eagles is hard though because it's like they their line is so elite. So it's like yeah. is a 16 touchdown absurd season going to be? Yeah, I take it back. Eagles isn't terrible, but they're they're. I think yeah, Eagles it's, is like it's a, a weird bummer balance. nonetheless. Eagles is a weird balance of like he's going to average 5.8 yards a carry on a ton of carries, but Jalen Hurts had uh, up until he got hurt, he was on pace for the most red zone and end zone usage of a quarterback in NFL history, uh, and he came close too while missing the final. And they didn't ban the rugby play. They didn't outlaw it. They didn't ban rugby play. So, so, so we could just play rugby. They they they're cool with it. Yeah, I think the Patriots is on makes my list for terrible, personally, just because. I, yeah. I, I think they're mid, too good to just be like, see nah. a guy. 
I he's love, too good in a, week one. This is but not, he's not Noah he's Gray. He's not too good in week right? seventeen. Or, I mean, not Noah Gray. Uh, who, who's like, they've had some bunch of running backs. I scored two touchdowns. Pierre Strong, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle. Um, I think I think Bijan is too good. I love Ramondre, but he's a, he's a day three know, pick. Bijan you know? will be the starter, but Ra- Ramondre, to me, like he was their offense. He's just going to go he's, to. He's 10%. the Marlon Mack man. By the end of the year, it's gonna it would be Bijan. He's Carry on Johnson. Uh, yeah, and I like him a lot. This is from someone who I, 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 him last year. I know you did too. I love I love Ramondre. I just think Bijan. Bijan's be, better by a a chance. And also, that's like not, when you spend a first round pick on a running back, like that's kind of over for the day three guy you already had. Mm-hmm. But the problem the story, is, man. is that Bijan could lose goal line because Ramondre is 230 pounds and pass catching. He could. I don't think he would. I just don't think they, they spend what would be, what do they have? Like the 17, 16 foot ever pick. And they're like, but this guy's not good enough to get carries at the goal line. Like they're not going <laughs> to yeah. do that. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And he's awesome. That's the other thing. It's not like a Najee situation where it's like, not CH, talk. you know, yeah, not CH. This he's good. He's really good. So yeah. the Giants would be fun. Just they they're like goodbye Saquon. We're now ushering in Bijan. <sighs> wow. Oh man, you really that's tough. Oh, you don't want to sign the franchise tag? Great. We don't want you to either. Bye. We, we want the new one. <laughs> they rescind. They rescind the tag. Yeah, we were rescinding it actually. See you later. Yep. That'd be some real some real hardball. Um. All right. Let's let's move to another question here. Uh, slow drafts versus fast drafts. I'm still seeing on uh, Twitter, people are like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get some Dwayne McBride in my big board." I was, I was tweeting about Dwayne McBride this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure to give him my big board drafts because I still got slows going. Like, good God. Uh, but here's okay. So from Kiv, drafted about 50 teams in Best Ball Mania two and three, but never found the time to max enter. Going to try to max BBM four via additional slow drafts. What percentage of your drafts are fast versus slow? And do any of your strategies differ for slow drafts? Can we stop I, the narrative that slow drafts save time? Because when you have 50 at the same fucking time, and then you need – it's not like you just open the app and you're like, goodbye, made my pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. had a good day. You have to look at the draft, see what your opponents do, refresh what you were fucking doing. Like, you know, Remember I what you were trying to do, trying to stack, trying to build something, trying to like you have oh, to replay two all rounds, the draft in your step. head again. You have that to redo alarm it all. so that you're able to wake up in time because you're always on the clock and yeah. people are doing things like making picks at midnight to try to auto draft you. Like, yeah, you know what's good for work life balance? And if you consider this work life balance, just have a low level of stress all the time that you might be mm-hmm. on the clock. That's how you I definitely level. manage it. It's like, great, super smart. I'm I think we're all super fast. I, we're all, I we're all fast draft hardos. Like, oh, you know, sorry, I just don't have an yeah. hour. It's like, okay, multi-table. I, I, yeah. like, I, I could be done with Best Ball Mania in 15 sessions of 10 multi-tables. <laughs> oh, my God. 15 hours, I could be done. <laughs> that would be so negative, EP. We I should could do just, it very like, easily. I'm done. I have stack teams. We should see who could max like a random palm. Like they drop a random, you know, $3 Pomeranian and we should all just compete to see who can get the most through as fast as possible. Like I'm, I'm 30 not, tabling. I'm not challenging Liam. I'm excited at about four. I, after about four, I start missing picks. It's, it's a disaster. I, I, I can do three very well. Four is a little shaky. After that, it's Same. a disaster. The only slow drafts I do is when the DraftKings high stakes literally does not fill fast. In the beginning, they only feel slow. Yeah. So I'll and 
so I'll enter slow then. But um, I don't know. Like if if it works for you and you can set aside two times a day to try to make your picks on slow drafts, go for it. But I'm I'm telling you, people do stuff like they try to draft, they make their picks at midnight, trying to catch you on auto draft. And if you have too many, it feels like you're on the clock the whole time. Like to me, yeah, it's a stressful thing. I some parents out there do like it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a parents thing. Like, like Pete is is all about. I don't know how. It, it, honestly, like, I guess it, how scheduled are you too? Because I just kind of like go throughout my day doing what I feel like doing. Like, I'm not yeah, like I'm not super organized. <laughs> like, I don't have my time scheduled out. That would also stress me out. Like, if I had like an alarm going off, being like, check your slow drafts now. Like, I have to set an alarm every day. And I was I, in I, Vegas I just, last uh, year for the WSOP and like would auto draft all the time because. You know, I stayed up late, tried to sleep in, and I'm like, fuck, I missed like a bunch of picks. In high stakes shit I cared about. It's like yeah. you know, it's 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 stress, in my opinion. To me, it's stress. It's pure stress. I'm I guess if you're organized enough to stay on top of it to check in at like set periods and and but like to me, I'm just sort of like link it's just a thought set in the back queue, of my head. Like make sure you never yeah. get autoed. Oh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get timed out if I don't check my stuff. Yeah, God, I just fast, just fast as three drafts at the same time. By the way, that's a lot of fun. Go outside. It's 80 degrees outside. I might do it after this draft, after yeah, this pot. I might, go I might sit go in draft the park, three. rip a fast draft, go on a hike. Rip three. I walk my dog and like fast draft three at a time usually. Boom. <laughs> I can't imagine actually walking the dog while ripping three fast drafts. That's no, yeah, you, guys are, you guys are better fast drafters than like, me, Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Making a pick here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, all right. Barbell approach. This is another common question. Is the barbell approach still considered GTO? This is from Barker 118 for a summer long tournament where the winners have come from midsummer draft rooms. Uh, July 18th was the date of my winning team, also the date of King Caps winning. I was team like the regular season. 16th, I think. Yeah. That, that, I, that's what I remember. You were mid June, right? June yeah. 15th, 16th, something like this. Okay. So, so the barbell we, approach so we, is. So we've drawn a line. You want to draft in the middle of a month because we're just yeah. looking <laughs> at two teams. And it's between the, no, I mean, like yeah, I say that can't even win a month, much less a, a whole a summer. You know, like <laughs> they would they would be good with June first at this point. I mean, I'm I'm saying it in jest, but it's like I don't think we can take sweeping conclusions from when is. Pat's team was drafted, and my team was drafted. Um, but like what you said last year, Pat, is something I did too. Is like people are like, I'm not drafted in the middle of summer. I'm like, I need to get a lot of teams in. I'm going to do it for quality of life and. If people aren't drafting, who am I drafting with? Like, who are in these lobbies with me? You know, maybe right. they're not plugged in people. So I think maybe the barbell, the barbell edge has to be like 0.07% or something, right? Because I know last year, Jack, Jack Miller uh, of ETR looked at this and you just on average and at your highest level of outcomes scored more points as the summer went on. So you're not like gaining points. Maybe you can gain unique combinations of players. You give up points, but you gain unique combinations if you draft early in the summer, but you don't know for sure that that combination will be unique. You're just kind of throwing it out and they're saying maybe it is, uh, or maybe this player falls and people are getting better mixes of that same combo. I think maybe there's a small edge, but it is so infinitesimal that like, man, I couldn't care less for that one. I think it depends. Like uh, for me, I've found I get good closing line value on players. Like I'm good at identifying players who go up a lot in ADP value. Um, not, I'm not like thinking of that while I'm doing my early drafts. It's just like, I like this player. And then 
like, you know, the buzz on that player tends to go up. It goes down too. Like sometimes I'm on a player and I'm like, oh God, now I have to chase. Well, that's the thing. It's like you're going to have way bigger misses early and way bigger hits early. But like what you said, Kyle, is like, you know, what Jack Miller looked at. That really depends on the draft landscape. One year, maybe we're going to be good at not drafting uh, Brashad Perryman and people who literally are Mm -hmm. not going to be active in the NFL that year. You know, like maybe we're going to finally be good at being like, okay, this guy, like maybe we'll find the Deion Jacksons or whatever of the world that should have been mixed in late. And so, I mean, for me personally, I know I'm drafting all May. Then I'm going to Vegas for June and July. And then I'm going to come back mid-July. I'm going to, and you you can't draft in Vegas if people don't know. Then I'm going to do the rest. So I'm not going to be drafting a lot June, July, but that's just what fits my life. It's not like, and it's not like, I'm not obsessing being like, oh, I need to get, this down here, emailing my DK rep, be like, can you enter me in a slow draft? Or something? Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the way to do it. Like, figure out how many drafts you want to do and make sure you're enjoying drafting. Like, to me, like, especially with something like Best Ball Mania 4, where we just talked about how, you know, in most seasons, even if you play well, you're going to lose money on a Best Ball Mania 4 contest. So make sure you're having fun. Like, if you're not having fun drafting, like, it was not worth it. You should, I you will should be say, fun doing this. I was not having fun the like last week or two of before contest open where I was like, oh shit, I need to get in a hundred more DraftKings five dollar drafts. <laughs> and I was doing eight eight to ten at a time on my monitor. And like it was just like the worst interface. So there is something to say that if you're planning on maxing a contest. Map it out a little bit in your brain. Like, you don't need to open a spreadsheet here, but like, don't be like, oh, fuck, I need to get 100 down in August. Yeah. And it's like, the winner can come anytime. It's not like, you know, so I don't. I don't it clearly know. can come anytime. And remember, you know, this is, this is like a game where we're taking, if you want to take someone you like that you want to have a good season, do that. You know, you don't yeah. have to just try and You're win. Only a doing 150 you can also, max. and like, guys, Pat's team won. If it was in a different playoff bracket, maybe he doesn't make the finals, right? There's a lot oh, yeah, of yeah. variance, a lot of a lot of chaos. You need to surf if you would, um, <laughs> but you still need to be shooting for that legendary. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Kyle, what's your brand? <laughs> and you need uh, to NBC the best strategies oh, and no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But after you win, don't peacock. <laughs> uh, thank you for your All question. Right. Um, next question. Uh, okay. So this is about FFPC, which by the way, I have a gripe with FFPC. I, I, <laughs> I entered a fast draft, uh, one of the sit and goes, and I just sat in it. Uh, and then it went and I wasn't around because it gave me like two minutes. And, uh, so I have a, an auto drafted FFPC sit and go, which was a real bummer. Is it a good Well, one? that's a huge edge in FFPC. I've noticed that the sit and goes fill as soon as they fill and they rarely and do fill. Off. Yeah. And that, and people... <laughs> You and can I catch, was at the park with Murphy. Liam was in that draft. You robbing can catch you blind. countless auto drafters in FFPC sit and goes because it usually it's scheduled drafts. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, and I, somehow I ended up with like a team that's not completely dead. Like it has like the correct allocations of like players and stuff, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's so not going to win. So many, th- so many drafts of mine on like DraftKings last year filled in the 555. And I'm like 10 rounds in, I'm like, oh, fuck. And then, and then I have to like steer it. I'm like, okay, I can steer this Pat Mahomes unstacked team. <laughs> oh my god, maybe. So, so this 
this is a, a question from Bill here. He said he's been doing, he doesn't have underdog uh, in his home state. So he's been doing small FFPC 12 team best ball leagues. I guess this is not even like a tournament. This is just like kind of the cash, the old cash game. This is, he's yeah, this old. is 2015 best ball. This is ball, not baby. my expertise, but my take is like, you want to cut out the extreme builds, right? Like, like I'm building for uniqueness. I'm building teams I think can win the contest. That's a different mentality than I'm trying to score the most points in this league where it's like, of course you should not do zero running back and try to fill it in with a bunch of handcuffs and make it work, right? Like you can't you can't a- accept that you're getting five points from your running back spots weeks one and two. So it's like more balanced. And I would say like Travis Kelsey usually is the one-on-one in these leagues in cash games sometimes because right. no one can match you if no one can match you, if Kelsey rips off 20 points per game and the next tight end is doing 10 points per game, like literally you just, you've just gapped the field tremendously and you're unlikely to be gapped at running back and wide receiver and quarterback. The same. Yeah. There's not an easy place for them to just like, Oh, let me just make those points back up. Like you just can't Kelsey's just, that although, although like the big three quarterbacks also, I probably value higher, right? Yeah. Like just locking in Jalen hurts for the season. Yeah. I mean, like so, the easy way to think about this in our best ball terms is you would just optimize purely for advance rate because advance rate is just finishing at the top of your pod, right? So that's like, if you want to try and twist your brain backwards to think about how you'd play, I'm going to call them cash games, right? Just optimize for advance rate. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Although it is interesting that the um, zero running back had very good advance rates last year and the regular say. season winner was zero running back. So I actually... And in PPR best ball, but, but that was an extreme. It was like, an extreme. He outcome, hit on but, the nuts, right? Like he, right? He was like, That's whatever. You would want to play zero or be a little differently. I think. Yeah, I like, think I you'd want to play a more conservative version of zero running back. But it has Sean Siegel shown it in PPR. It's got a long track record of uh, actually pretty good advance rates. So I, yeah, I think it's a viable strategy even in cash games. Would I be pushing it as much? No, I'd be, you know, playing a little safer. Maybe and honestly, maybe your running back for... teams. No one is starting at running back week one, and I'm just like, hope people get injured. Slash, they, like they, the like Khalil Herbert and who and like whoever are my running backs. And I'm with like, the, all right, with we'll the figure dead it out. zone falling back though, you probably can. Like like Pat, you said uh, yeah, last Con- year, like James oh, well, Connor, Josh Jacobs, Tyler Algier. Like there are starters available with zero running back builds. They just especially now we don't yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. And I and I would tell that person that know your rule to structure state. because FFPC rewards pocket passing quarterbacks a little bit more than the other sites. Uh-huh. Like that uh, like wait, every, they give you they give you more for uh passing, passing yards. yards. Passing yards, yeah. So like a Pat it's Mahomes like a maybe is increase, I think. I, I don't yeah. know, I don't remember it, but it's it's for every point zero two instead of point it's twenty yards as a point instead of twenty five yards as a point. Is a point is what it is. Point for twenty, not point for twenty-five. Okay, yeah, so like, not yeah, that like much it's, different, but it's worth noting. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know if it's significant enough to even think about, but know your rules. Obviously, right. premium. Liam, I, I, do you accept this challenge here from Mathology? So he says this is gonna. He's got a trivia question for you. <laughs> Wrong or unsure? If you accept this challenge, you must publicly apologize to your New Hampshire friends and family and invite Mythology on a stream with you where you play Battleship while drafting a BBM team. So this is a pretty high-stakes bet you may be taking on here. I'm a fan of Mythology. I will... Something... like I've been following 
like I play poker, I follow the poker drama. And something I really like from the poker world is like the Joe Ingram pod. And recently this guy, um, Will Jaffe, like they do these spaces or YouTube streams where they literally let anyone call in. And so you just have like Will Jaffe's Twitter space has like guys pretending to be sideline reporters like playing a character like a recurring character who comes in like in the, and then you have like people just like calling in trolling them being like i see wiener and like i want to start doing this in fantasy football and just like opening up the twitter spaces let these random trolls and whoever get in there not not mythology is not a troll he's hilarious uh generally skewed towards uh sexual content i would say uh, i think Lance that's fair to say uh lands with me i think it's funny I, i'd have him on the channel but what's what's the uh, all right okay so this seems like you are you are you going to issue an apology if you get this wrong or not just the channel part um we'll see we'll see what okay the, we'll see we'll see how we're feeling here's the, here's the question name this nfl tight end born and raised in the live free or die state played at bc was drafted by the Finns in the third round of the 2021 draft lastly was the piece that made the jalen ramsey trade happen is it hunter long it's Hunter Long, right? I actually didn't look up the so. this, so I we guess all think it's Hunter Long. So. We all think it's Hunter Long. Is it? Is it okay? But I know that the the Dolphins had a couple tight ends. There was one other tight end they had in the. He's mix. the. I'm pretty sure he's the one they traded. Like it wasn't Durham Smythe. It wasn't Keith and Carter. They did trade. Yeah, Hunter Durham Smythe was the guy. Um, I know that they traded Hunter Long to the Rams. I did but, not know a single part of the bio, but I did remember the trade. Well, yes. mythology. Call into a Twitter space, please, uh, and that would be. That would be uh all right. We're not gonna get to see you draft battleship with I'm gonna do the first one towards the NFL draft. So hopefully you guys all join and we and like another fun thing is like people join to just listen and then you just put them on the spot and you're like, and let's hear from Pat Corain, who's like (laughs) (laughs) who's like, uh what? Um all right. Well, Bindles asked how to start a YouTube channel. Uh speaking of your your YouTube streams, what was your experience? Is this for me? Or? I guess it's for yeah, yeah. You, I mean, for you've you done too, it more Pat, than me. It's like I'm like three weeks into this. You, you tell me. Okay, well, um, I launched it in June or so. It's something I've thought about doing for a while, more so on the chess side. Um, and then you know, when you win a best ball contest, you're like, all right, time to like roll with fate. And I wouldn't say like I was pretty lazy in the beginning, where I wasn't um, like my thumbnails sucked. And I kind of thought it was like endearingly bad. Like I was making them on paint. I'm now I using the same thing. I'm now using Canva. Um, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I'm at 1,500 YouTube subscribers as of today. Just just crossed that barrier. Nice. My goal is to get to like 5,000 this year. Um, this summer, at least, it would be. I, I doubt I'll reach there, but it'd be nice. And I kind of view it as like uh, I enjoy doing this. I, I used to be a teacher, so like I like teaching anyways and it's like a backup income source where i don't know if the market crashes or something like hopefully because like if you can get to a lot of youtube subscribers which in fantasy football doesn't seem likely um you can make a lot of money like we see this rampage guy in poker playing these million dollar cash games he's got like a hundred thousand youtube subscribers or something so it's been a it's been a good experience. It's not very organized. I just kind of rip drafts, and I'm trying to get more organized and better at it. I think I'm going to launch TikTok just at Apple Pods. You know, trying to be more official. Probably do something 
like what Pat's doing eventually, uh, maybe even this year, later in the summer, just like offering a subscription and, you know, sell my picks and whatnot. But want to make sure I have enough content to do that first, which we have a so that that leads us into a question here from Daily Rojo. I noticed that you wrote an article and then narrated it on your podcast channel. Uh, where do you get your ideas? <laughs> um, I always had that thought. I re later realized this is similar to what Pat's doing, but I yeah, but I loved it, man. Value that I was I providing it. to the site that contracted me. Like I'm giving them free, you know, whatever. I don't like. I need to start getting some like ad like people to like that will pay me to do some ads but i don't know if i'm big enough or how that works at all i i honestly i listened to that episode i loved it i love listening to stuff as opposed to having to read it so i actually am a big fan of of this uh i hope you keep doing it if you're if you're writing for 3013 more yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be writing a little bit more um i'm just like contracting for 3013 right now i don't know i'd be open to doing full-time in fantasy with someone or again, launching my own thing eventually. And I got a couple articles in my brain that will be good to write. So now that I'm through tax season, that's what I did last week. I think I'll, I'll get uh, to the writing. Nice. Um, and th and th right, here's a, a compliment. Yeah, of course. Uh, here's a question from uh, Barker again. Uh, I'm curious if you guys are going to be using spike weeks, draft IQ, if tools like this have become essential to manage a portfolio of teams. He hasn't made the plunge yet since he's drafting mostly on his phone. Uh, any other thoughts slash predictions on the future of best ball uh, with regards to third-party tools, which will help manage exposures, et cetera. And then Chris uh, replied to that asking about thoughts on their ownership metric. They're rolling out uh, something like that would be useful for find, finding lower paired combos in the first rounds. Uh, but curious if he's had a different take that that's kind of all it is really helpful for right now. I mean, so. this goes back to question one of the pod, of the pod today, which was vibes based people like to me, I'm not fucking stressed about my combos. I'm not like, I'm not going through my ownership each week and being like, oh no, I need 2% more Tyreek Hill and to combine him with Josh Jacobs or my portfolio won't be perfectly managed. And Eric, friend of mine, I like Eric. I feel passionate about the subject though. I'm really against the tools that he and Brick and others have made regarding best ball because what I do not want to have happen, and this does, this does me literally no favors to do this and, I'm not trying to tear down a business or anything, but what I do not want to have happen is a wealthy businessman on Wall Street or whoever is able to just auto draft sharp teams, just literally just pay money to have these teams drafted. And I think you as a consumer should not want this either. Like a big part of best ball is that it's fun and that it takes a big time investment if you're going to do it well or do it at all. And so if there's software out there that's going to auto draft very smart sharp teams for you that is bad we've seen this in poker literally people are thinking online poker is going to die because they have rta bots real-time assistance bots which run sims in the moment and make uh calls like that and i understand that is not what's going on right now with these plugins but it is the first step to me and i'm against them for best ball and think that the websites should be detecting them and blocking these plugins or or like no one's going to use the plugin if you risk your investment. So they should be aggressively finding out how to manage this. I don't think 
I'm, I don't feel strongly about like the sites having a responsibility to not uh, allow these things, but I agree with Liam that I would prefer for people to be as bad as possible that I'm playing against. It's that simple. Like I, if I want to be as good as possible, let's make the field as bad as possible. Like you think about like the olden days let's of DFS. Let's make the like, field as bad as possible. Well, yes, <laughs> don't let them get good. Real quick, just to be clear, like I have no problem with Kyle or Pat or anyone who plays best ball to use the plugins as they currently are. My concern is that just step one to a fully sentient auto-drafting bot that makes auto-drafters able to draft very Best ball Terminator is what you're talking about. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like, like if AMP statements, if I draft this, do this. Like, like a best ball optimizer. If you want to auto-draft right now, you can't do if and statements. So, like, that's what I have a problem with. And I think that what Spike Week has and what they have is first step. I don't think anyone who's a sharp drafter needs that shit either. You know, like I've never used anything like that. I've won three tournaments, you know, like maybe uh, that's, that'll be a dinosaur take in future years, but it's like, it's not hard to know your combos of players roughly, right? Like you don't need to get so granular with it. Well, so I, what I would say for the spike week stuff that I've used personally is like, I do find the constructions that I've used to be pretty helpful to look at. Like what, like how much zero running back, how much you're running back, double anchor, all that stuff. I also think it is helpful to just like have a spot where you can go and check out your um, ownership projections for DraftKings because you don't or not ownership your what you have drafted on DraftKings because that's super mm -hmm. hard to even see like on the underdog app. Don't you can go check time savers though, like no issues with those, right? But it's like, not I a could, time saver. It's a thing that doesn't. How well, else no, do you I check could your... log my draft after each? I could log each. Oh, draft you, I guess you could I log your draft. So this is just a time saver they're offering. I don't have an issue with that. Okay. Yeah. That's a time saver. That's like a more than a time saver to me because I know I would never. The time my saver drafts. most people are probably not doing. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, and every, I think that everything's kind of a time saver then. Like the machine that drafts the correlation stuff is just like you not having to ever log on. That saves you time just to an exponential. This yeah, podcast that, is a time saver that, that I didn't have to travel to. Uh, that's you know, crossed the line <laughs> where, like, and, and honestly, from a site's perspective, they're not financially incentivized to shut a bot down because if if a bot is um, like, you know, I used to play this game called RuneScape and like it's yeah. filled with bots. But guess what? The bots buy membership. So that helps the website. But from Underdog's perspective, they're not uh, like best ball is not their big financial windfall. It's not like their big like the, the end goal is sports betting. So. If they want to have a good customer experience, I mean, maybe people will not be the wiser, but to me, it's not. I don't think people will be the wiser. And that's unfortunate, but like, yeah, like financially, more people playing, more rake, equal better for them. However, it's not something that makes them a lot of money anyway, so why not? You know, like, I think if there are more people like me talking about this, like there are in poker, people would be more like, and again, what Spike Week currently offers, no problems with. Like, I, I don't have an issue with that. It's just, what it represents is like it's just something is coming right now. <laughs> this is the first line of code in Skynet. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you can write one line of code, but then when the Terminator comes around, uh, I will say, yeah, like, I do. It would be kind of it. It would be a little surprising if we like trace the end of humanity back to like Eric Bimefor Spike Week tools. That, <laughs> I, listen, I would be surprised. Is all okay? And no shots at Eric. You know, it's <laughs> very sharp. I mean, I don't know. Like, am, are, do you guys? 
feel I'm a little misguided in the worry about the potential. Because, like, I, I've just seen it in poker. It, it can't. I, well, it, I think poker is very different because poker is solvable. Like, it, is, it has mathematical parameters where, like, even if you create a bot that creates, like, perfect stacks, like, you still have to say, like, oh, I projected Justin Fields for 242 season-long points, and I projected the correlation between him and Darnell Mooney to be, like, a point four three R squared or whatever. Like, there sure. are human inputs that but like what, in but poker. what about when the bot starts collecting data on Kyle Dvorak and it's like, and I know Kyle Dvorak will select X player X percent of the time. So it's able to like adjust on the fly. And yeah, you need to like, you would need someone smart to be like, or not even really, you could just be like, okay, I want to game stack week 17 games. So tell the in if statement, if I take Kelsey Mahomes, take Broncos player 15% more of the time. You could just do something like that. just an optimizer, though. Like, DFS has optimizers, and the game isn't dead. Well, if you're collecting information about other DFS drafters, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got, like, I know Kyle takes... The only way you'd know Kyle does that is because you are basically pooling information across multiple drafters. And so the bot is essentially, like, more than Max entering. In this what, about when the, what, what about when the bots start to work together? And like, they, <laughs> well, I mean, that's just collusion. Again, that's all you, you this, this know, is, but, yeah, like, but it's collusion. But it, makes yeah. that a, it makes that a worry, right? Where like collusion, <laughs> but we could collude now, Liam. You and I could collude. No, but what I'm saying is collusion right now is, is, is a non worry because a, obviously you're, you can't collude to win the size of contest, but more importantly, B it's a big time sink that is just not scalable. If you could enter 3000 robots and buy accounts, you could, now the time sink is gone because of auto drafts and B you could just kind of like layer these things in. And so it's like collusion becomes more of a worry as soon as you have an auto drafting sentient bot. Auto, the auto draft part is the thing I completely agree with you on. If there's, if there's a way that you can get this to the point where you just auto draft it and you're multi-table auto drafting and it's just flying through drafts and, and they're sharp teams, then like, what are we doing? That's not what, that's not really even best ball at that yeah, point. Yeah, what the fuck are we playing? Exactly. Yeah. The computers are it doesn't, That doesn't bother you, me. That's like If you have a ball. HUD overlay that shows you like, here's this these two players, uh, you're sort of like deciding between the two and you've got 35% exposure to one and 3% exposure to the other. And you're like, I'm going to take the guy with 3%. It's nice yeah, and, that I know that my, right off instead of having to quickly look it up in another thing. I think that's fine. A, HUDs are the first step to the auto draft in my opinion. B, if you don't know that you have three percent of a player versus thirty-five, just like well, intuitively, maybe it, maybe it's go maybe ahead it's use twenty-two the HUD. and maybe it's twenty-two and twelve. I've been surprised by that stuff. I've sure. been like, I'm I know I'm drafting this guy, and then I look and I have six percent of them. That's happened to me a bunch, you know, because it's like I didn't actually draft him as much as I thought. I thought about drafting him, but then I broke ties against him more than I realized. Again, this you know? goes to the vibes-based approach. Like, are we being <laughs> vibes-based when we're getting so granular about 4% here or there? Like, well, I So one thing that I like with... with I like, want to be that granular if I'm, like, taking this seriously. I actually do. Like, that's... I, I don't want like to have, I don't wanna have me. leaks. I don't want to have, like... I drafted this guy 50 and this guy 25, and I basically feel the same about them. And I sure. know myself that I will do that. I have that like type of personality where I'll be like, I just took this guy a bunch because of vibes, because I do draft vibes. I draft on my phone. What I do is then I go back and check. I don't, I haven't like, I've experimented with the one that Brick had, but I basically just draft on my phone. So I'm not doing any of the HUD stuff, yep. but Me too. then I go and I check what I, because I need to like check in with myself basically. And you're like, you have 
Because if I don't, I end up with like 40% on multiple players. So that that's the... I need, to, I, I need to check my No mind. issue with the HUD, but don't you think it's the first step to becoming an auto-draft program? Like, I don't think the auto-draft program is, is bad. Like, of course, I would rather not play against auto-drafters, but like... No, that is bad. That's bad. I, I also wish no one would ever make content because it would make uh, it yeah, easier but to this win. Is like, this comes back to the ego of humans versus computers. Every single game people have thought has been unconquerable by computers, chess, poker, go... Every single time the human was wrong, the computers are better at it. I'm not so egotistical to think that I'm just going to be the best at best ball or whoever is. Computers are going to be better than me and soon, if not already. But like, that sounds like a you problem that like you can't make computers what? as good as other players. That's not a <laughs> like, you problem. It's not a you problem if, there's like, if the best player in the world is a computer program that anyone can buy and just fire away at best ball. That just, that's just destroyed the ecosystem is what that did. I mean, but, like, that's true in DFS, too. Like, the best players are just coders, right? They're just really smart coders who also have some game knowledge, but that would be true of this, too. It's just, like, of course, I want the game to be winnable forever. I want to make a ton of money and never lose, but, like, you, like, yeah, but you can't just ban things. The, you think that you should just let the ecosystem be destroyed? Like, if, but it hasn't if, killed the DFS the ecosystem. could be 90% filled by an auto-drafting program and 10% by humans. And and a website has the ability to stop that. They shouldn't stop that because say la vie. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. Free market. Well, okay, but wouldn't DFS be the spot that this would have already happened in if that's where we're heading? Because you're like you can. There are optimizers where you can fire off 150 lineups, but like to my knowledge, no one actually just does that. Right? You you go through. You make sure that like these lineups make sense. You review the lineups that are being spit out. You run various things. Maybe Kyle's. I don't use an optimizer. So is that just, you're just firing, you just set some presets and fire it, fire it off and throw them in? I mean, people do. I don't, I will Are check you a my computer, stuff. So not enough, but no, but like, like people like Brick just have simulations that they make ahead of time and they play what they play. Uh, like, okay. I, I guess it's because like, for me, it's best ball supposed to be fun and it's not fun. If people oh, for do sure, I agree with that, but like, I, I don't know. Like, like, I guess all it is is destroy, like, maybe it wouldn't destroy it, but. I don't think so because so many people aren't thinking about it like well if you think it's fun though why would you care about winning or losing like it can't be both fun but also oh it's fun because i can envision myself winning too and when something can be fun and we make money on it that's definitely possible to do i I don't know like you can't maximize for both in the sense of like if you wanted to maximize for profit i guess that's true i don't i don't draft while i'm on a roller coaster so fair enough and again even even if you don't have a problem with what i said the collusion concern becomes an actual issue to me where currently collusion is not just not an issue full stop like it's not scalable it's not like you you could stack your team you're not going to win the contest off in anyways but i don't know if you could enter 11 robots and work together that seems bad sure but i would guess they have ways to tell that just in the way that like dfs has ways to tell if you are colluding like maybe I, I don't know, but like, why allow that to even be possibly an issue if we don't, if we could just sense the use of the plugin and stop it? I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to sense someone having one cell phone auto drafting, like telling them who to auto draft and making a pick on another, but that's not scalable because now that person has to make the pick. 
Because they're actually, and this is the thing. I don't. I, that doesn't. That type of stuff is totally fine. And I think we're going to be in that universe for maybe longer than you're thinking. Because it, that's someone drafting. If someone's drafting, I'm fine. If it's exactly. if it's someone not drafting, and it's basically a computer program drafting, that's not really what we're trying to do here, in my opinion. I think you could also tell the correlation of like this this account has entered the exact same contest at the exact same times as a fellow account. And they've both auto-drafted sure. every single pick they've ever made. Like, Well, no, but you don't need to make... The computer program doesn't need to auto-draft. The, the computer program can move a mouse. Or just two part. accounts that only ever enter at the same line. Like, that's clearly uh, a same time. Like, no, but clearly, clearly. Like, this would be someone who goes out, buys 100,000 accounts, whatever. And, you know, or I don't know. I don't know. It it becomes don't more do Skynet. We've, we've we've got don't do the Skynet thing. Uh, HUDs are fine. Don't do Skynet. We got to move on to a hard hitting question here. Okay. Uh, how do you guys factor in bye weeks to your roster constructions? Zero percent. <laughs> Just don't care. <laughs> uh, any position. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't do it either. I just Sometimes do I'll do it on purpose to get unique. Like I'll take two quarterbacks with the same buy, but uh, don't care. I mean, unless my whole team is the same buy, that's the only case I would care. Yeah, if you if you happen to notice you're like stacking into the exact like I've got a, a two two receiver one tight end stack and I've got two receivers. Oh, they're all week six or whatever. Like, sure, you probably shouldn't have seven of nine receivers on your roster all on buy, but like even like Liam said, it's probably not that big of a deal to have double tight end and double quarterback on the same buy. Tight end definitely doesn't matter. Quarterback. I'll give you a little bit because it's like, okay, you are taking a 20 point loss, but it's like, if no one is comboing those quarterbacks, now you've made back your EB and uniqueness. Yeah. I kind of feel the same. Like if you take a double, a double quarterback build with a bye week that's shared, if you get past that bye week and you advance the team, which isn't like a crazy thing to think would happen. It's one week. And then you get a low owned guy because like they, they ping pong weeks. I, I, mean, I know Hayden wings put out some research on this that says 20 points is a little bit more than you would be like it, it, it is significant where at least for him looking at past years was like you, this is the difference between advancing or not. But to me it becomes, it's again, it's like always so leverage. So is the, low the owned presence of a Josh Jacobs though. It's like, that's how advancing happens. A lot of times is like, you hit a player who really kills the field and right, right. you advance by hundreds of points sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, and like you can't leverage is hard to get in the final round because the players that got you through are almost always overrepresented in the final round having, you know, the quarterback who everybody else has, but then you have impaired with someone that no one else really has impaired with because they share the same bye week. And like a solid month, a small potential to help you. We don't know the bye weeks, right? Like, when does the schedule come out? The schedule comes out, I think, in like the second or third week of May, right? Yeah. So, like, for like three or so weeks, we don't, we literally don't know bye weeks. Right. You know, good point. Like, some are going to be there. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, it probably will be the difference between you you advancing and you not sometimes. And that's like, I'm willing to sacrifice that small percentage some of the time because it will also sometime in the next million years be the difference between me getting 30th in the final and uh, first. Like, Kyle, you are giving strong AI vibes off. Yeah. Like, (laughs) million years. 
not million, but it literally would be uh, chat GP Kyle. Thousand years you years <laughs> yeah, you like side with humanity once, Kyle. Just do it yeah. once. I don't think I will. It would be like a few <laughs> probably hundred. It would be like a few thousand years for you to like actually stabilize and realize <laughs> your expected years. value. I mean, okay. like. If you play the contest out, it takes you like uh, 80, 80 years to, on average, Kyle, win what once. is a human's lifespan? They're what shorter than is. that. I understand. Just tell me what it is. No, just tell, tell like, me how many years a human like, lives. Uh, two, like 200s, low 200s. <laughs> two, two, high 200s? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I think we need to end the stream. Uh, last question here from Shit Yeah, the Achievers. Uh, what's the day? What's a day in the life of Murph? Murphy right now is. Is he talking uh, about your dog or me? That's. The... Well, I th I assumed my dog, uh, but let's answer both. Murphy's asleep at my feet. Uh, he 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 gets to go outside. Let's I, I have a shared backyard with uh, the neighbors upstairs. Come down and they water their plants, and it's his best part of his day. Uh, the two oh. sisters upstairs. He like. He's like these are. I love you so much. So this is amazing that you're out outside, and he runs outside and he gets to say hi. I walk around the neighborhood. He likes to sniff all the dogs, and he's What's obsessed with anyone trying to him? pet him. What, did you get him a big present after Best Ball Mania three? I didn't get him a, a big present. Uh, I, yeah. you know, I get I get him some Chewies. He get he him a T Rex a nice bone, life. dude. Get him like a twenty thousand dollar T Rex bone. <laughs> or an actual Tyrannosaurus Rex bone. Leg. Just I thought that absurd. I thought that was like a, a type of dog treat, but you mean so did I? Well, I, have I mean, like a literal bone. like like be like I want that right there. And they're like, okay, sir, that's $15,000 for the woolly mammoth. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's Murphy's life. Um, Murph, how, how's your life going? No, shockingly similar. Nothing different, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who tries to pet Liam, he loves them. He yeah. loves it. Just out in the Florida sun, just, uh, just hanging out. Big puppy guy. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. I think that'll do it. Um, thank you so much. For this uh, this first ever mailbag pod on Legendary Upside, really appreciate you guys jumping on. You couldn't have chosen two better guests. I agree. I agree. Uh, Kyle, what are what do you got going on at NBC? Um, uh, a lot of draft stuff, lots of draft content. So if you like rookies, you like the draft, uh, follow me on Twitter, and I try and tweet all that out. And NBC Pod in uh, at the time of recording this, like an hour, or watch it back. I plugged Kyle's tweets into ChatGPT and asked it to predict the likelihood that this person is a person or a robot. You're not going to like the results, Kyle. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Confirmed AI, Kyle DeWarczyk. Outed. <laughs> um, Liam, you're hey, launching new stuff. Check out Chaos my YouTube, Surfing. at Chess Liam. Launched my Apple podcast, Chaos Surfing. Um, check that out, too. I like the uh, the logo. Did you get someone to design that for you? Yeah, what I did. did. You? Nice, nice. I mean, I, I just thought the idea of chaos surfing sounds right for best ball because it's like trying to conquer the variants. It's crazy yeah. chaotic. So I'm, I'm going to help you surf through it, you know? There you go. There you Aloha. go. <laughs> um, yeah, join the Discord. If you guys aren't in the Discord, this is uh, how all these questions came about. Uh, you got to be a paid member to Legendary Upside, but I am running a 30-day trial. I am going to uh, shorten the trial after the NFL draft. So if you want to make sure you get that sweet, sweet 30-day trial, uh, go ahead and join before the NFL draft. Get the whole month of May free, which is Best Ball Mania month of May. It's pretty good. But uh, see you guys later. Thanks so much for watching. And uh, I'll have more rookie content out for you next week. Check out the Dwayne McBride article that I just dropped this morning. Talk to you later.